0: High above Ford Field here in Detroit, Michigan, where the Buffalo Bills improved to seven and three today with a 31-23 win over the Cleveland Browns. I am Matt Pomerino, he is Ryan Talbot, and welcome. Thank you for your patience to the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Uh, right now you can enter for a chance to win one million dollars, Ryan Talbot. Everybody can. All you have to do is is listen to this. Kings Hawaiian is pitting two cities sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries toward the one million dollar prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more. Visit topsmarkets.com/slash/redzone to enter. A tale of two halves. I think that it was today, uh, Ryan. Uh, it was a little bit different, though, because it was the first half that was a little bit sluggish. The Bills got things going down the stretch and and ran away, although the, it ended up being a one-score game.
1: Yeah, early in the game, it was sloppy on both sides of the ball. The first series, they made Jacoby Brissett look like he was Patrick Mahomes. They couldn't stop anything. Two third and uh, 11 situations on that drive, and it, it just didn't matter, Matt. They were dialing up everything right. Uh, on offense the offensive line was struggling to block Josh Allen was off the mark and and, you know I led my report card by saying this is what happens when you're too sick to to have a practice on Wednesday they had too many players out with illness so they did a walkthrough Thursday they have a traditional practice then Friday they can't practice because of the snowstorm so they meet virtually that looked like a team that just simply uh was struggling to kind of get going because they didn't they weren't able to get in those reps that they usually do in a, in a normal week
0: yeah, I got absolutely crushed on Twitter. We were talking about this before yeah. um, i I just put out a tweet early in the game they just they looked like chaotic they looked like um, just out of sorts and you start to think about the stuff that they went through during the week you you, you mentioned it not practicing on Friday. Like these players, these coaches are creatures of habit. And when you throw off a work week like that, they do a really good job of adjusting in those moments. As you saw them, they really got it together in this game, but I just got to thinking that, you know, all of the stuff that they went through, like the, the ordeal of, of getting yourself dug out of your house and, you know, the will we won't we get to the to the uh, to the stadium and then to the plane. It was just a lot to go through. We were talking about it on the ride over here today. I, I I'd spoken with a couple of Bill's staff members uh, you know, when I was going down to pregame and hearing their stories of, you know, not only getting themselves out of the South Towns, um, you know, getting out of their house, getting the stadium. But then like, you know, staffers going over to players' houses and picking them up and driving them to the stadium. This, this was uh, quite a community effort. Sean McDermott, Von Miller, Josh Allen, you name it. Everybody sent their thanks and um, appreciation out to the city of Buffalo, the city of good neighbors, like you mentioned in the story that you put up yesterday, really lived up to that moniker over the last 48 hours. Um, but they figured it out because at the end of the day, you look at this game. And this is a Browns team that is very um, limited in what they can do. You know what their identity is. They want to run the football. And if you take that away from them, they become almost like a uh, you know—a a team incapable of winning. Uh, defensively, they did a good job uh, early on not giving up any big plays to the, to the Bills. But I thought that Josh Allen did just as much to keep the Browns in the game. That was without a doubt, those first three series, the most inaccurate version of Josh Allen that I've seen since 2018. Now you wonder, he had that one ball over the middle. It was to Gabriel Davis. That would have been a touchdown, uh, not a touchdown, but it would have set up uh, them in the red zone. He dropped it. And it almost is like after that play, you saw the next four or five throws were really, really shaking, uh, shaky. Uh, and, you know, he got it. He got it together. He worked his way through it. And maybe, Ryan, there's going to be a few weeks of, you know, hit or miss with that with that arm. Uh, but I, I thought he, he got it together and he, he had a pretty good second half, even though these red zone issues continue to be a problem.
1: Yeah, so first and foremost, shout-out to all the Bills and Mafia that did help the players get out. We saw a lot of videos of players uh, still having to walk a little bit to get to a spot where they could get picked up, but we saw driveways getting cleared out. Uh, Big-time shout-out to Squirrel Winters, who uh, CBS gave some love to for plowing out Josh Allen's driveway. Just That was maybe the uh, off-the-field MVP for this week. But in terms of the actual play of this team and Josh Allen specifically, right after that Gabe Davis throw that you're right would have been, I think would have set up a first and goal uh, if not close to it. It was a good throw across the middle. He was off the mark. He, he airmailed one to Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, he was rushed on another throw. It just, he, he was not looking accurate and, and you nailed it. It kind of looked like 2018 Josh Allen for a period there. Now, after and it almost feels like he has to take a hit and it wakes him up a little bit after he gets hit along the sidelines it was around that time then he was at mr accurate again he was delivering the ball where it needed to be uh it wasn't a spectacular performance but he finds stefan Diggs wide open in the end uh back of the end zone on that drive he he delivered some good strikes to dawson knox um he was efficient after that at least so it was a nice bounce back performance by him from where he started, four for ten, to where he ended, completing over uh, around sixty six percent of his passes. Matt,
0: yeah, twelve of his completions came in the second half, and what really helped Allen work through things in this game, and he he showed him some love in the post game press conference was the Bills getting their run game going, and it was a two headed monster for the Bills, Devin Singletary and James Cook, both really making some big plays. And I thought that it was Cook actually uh, in the first half that really got things going. He, he was at one point averaging at or over 10 yards per carry early in the game. He finishes with uh, 11 carries for 86 yards, 7.8 yards per carry. And he tweeted, uh, see you on Thanksgiving, Bill's Mafia. Really excited James Cook about this performance. And this could be a springboard type of game, for him this is a a browns defense that's not great against the run they're giving up 28 points a game 27 points a game so the bills were right in that uh mix but james cook like like he was Urgent When the ball got in his hands coming out of the backfield, he hit holes, he found a lane and he and he kicked it upfield. And I thought Devin Singletary today, his best run was actually negated by a holding penalty. He broke two or three tackles. He had a really good game. If not for that, he goes over 100 yards in this game, has another touchdown, had a couple last week. I think the Bills run game is in a really good place. And that's what you want to see, Ryan, is they got, you know, I know we got the the Thanksgiving game coming up here against the Lions who look pretty good today. That's going to be a good game. Game, but then you got the gauntlet of the AFC East, those defenses in New York and New England is as, as mm-hmm. much of a joke as that game was today. Josh Allen, this running game, this passing game, they're in for it when they finally face those teams.
1: Yeah, AFC East defenses are very good across the board in, in terms of the Jets and the Patriots who met today. Obviously, uh, the first match against the Dolphins, Dolphins fared well, but their defense has been exploited a little bit more throughout the year. Uh, But for this game itself, Matt, yeah, the the one-two punch of James Cook and Devin Singletary was outstanding. Both of them rushing for 86 yards on the day. Uh, Cook seen smiling in, in videos and pictures. That's not something he's known for very happy with his performance and you know it wasn't his long run of the day which went for 20 plus yards but the one play that stuck out in my mind was a third and short uh, a spot that the bills have struggled a lot this year and what do they do they run a pitch play to him they get him out in open space and he converts it with ease that's what i like from uh ken dorsey today in this play calling in using James Cook's strengths to his advantage, letting him use that burst and speed. Now, that's not to say he didn't have a few nice runs between the tackles because he absolutely did. He's shown some tough runs where uh, there are players in the backfield and he got past that first wave and was able to get some good yards. Same with Devin Singletary. Singletary goes untouched for his touchdown. And, you know, shout out to Reggie Gilliam. You mentioned that uh, Singletary would have gone over 100 if it wasn't for that hold. I don't think that was a hold on the play by Gilliam. He made a nice block and the defender mm-hmm. twisted to try to make a tackle as he was on his way down. I, I thought that was one of a few ticky-tack plays that were called against the Bills and just in general in that matchup. But Singletary, Cook, that's what you want from this running game. Uh, so, and you know, kudos to the offensive line as well for what they did to open up some of those lanes because some of that was on their end, too, that allowed them to get those first few yards where then they could uh, use their elusiveness, and then in the case of Cook, his speed kind of break away.
0: The thing I'll say for Allen in this game, despite some of the struggles early and and getting things going, even with the struggles in the red zone, um, you you know, you never want to have to settle for six field goals in a game. Uh, Although shout out to Tyler Bass coming through in absolutely perfect fashion, six for six, including a fixed 56 yarder. Uh, If you had him on your fantasy team today, man, are you smiling? Big teethy grin uh, coming from Tyler Bass, fantasy owners today. The thing for Allen to me that he had to do in this game was eliminate the turnovers, right? That was my key to the game, talking about it leading in. And he did that today and you got to give him credit for that piece of it. But we saw in on the first three drives, the dangers and the, the, the mental part of playing quarterback and how the littlest of trends can creep in to affect players. Because I thought Early in the game, he had Stefan Diggs wide open on two or three plays. And we saw one clip that got shared on social media that was on the broadcast with Stefan Diggs walking over to Ma- Sean McDermott at one point, kind of putting his head on his shoulder. They were exchanging some words, talking through it. I think we didn't talk to Stefan Diggs after the game. I would have loved to because I would have liked to know if that was a little bit of frustration and if McDermott had to kind of ease his his frustration at all. But, I can I could see Diggs, you know, being open and getting frustrated because it was almost like Josh Allen wasn't seeing him, and almost like, as opposed to accepting the checkout, ser- searching out the checkdown, and you don't want to fall into that trap.
1: No, no, you don't want to go with the check down first. Uh, you want to scan the field and try to get the ball to your playmaker. And you're either right, a few opportunities for him to hit digs where he just didn't go to his number one receiver, his number one target. And it was a very odd game in that regard because he's usually heavily involved in this offense. And, and this wasn't a case of him being locked up. He was open. You mentioned it. So Allen kind of has to find that middle ground where he's OK with throwing the ball down the field. Uh, but trying to limit those mistakes, you know, there was another play, and I don't know who he was targeting, Matt, but he he literally looked like he heaved the ball downfield, and at the last second, he gripped it and held on to it, and then he checked it down. I think it was mm-hmm. one of Dawson Knox's receptions underneath, where I, I didn't even know he held on to the ball. I thought for sure either that ball is going to get lofted out there, or by trying to hold on to it last minute, it was going to kind of get thrown into the ground, an incomplete pass. But he was it was able to hold on to the ball in that case. Really didn't stretch the field that often. Had a few throws downfield to Gabe Davis, uh, one before halftime that obviously was caught. And that was one of his first really good passes after that slow four for 10 start. But yeah, you want to see him protect the football, but also not go to a, you know, one of those quarterbacks that is just taking the check down play after play. That's not his game. That's not his talent. It doesn't fit his skill set. So it's all about finding that middle ground, Matt.
0: Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis today combined for 12 catches, 70 yards for Knox, 68 for Davis. And, you know, Davis dropped that first one and the the backlash backlash on social media for him. I felt like it was I don't want to say unwarranted. It's a little aggressive. I think I think we're you, you could I, I saw a perfect tweet. I wish I could have bookmarked it. So I could bring it up on the show, I would have loved to have talked about it. But the sentiment, I think, we could talk about a little bit. the The problem is when you're when you have the expectations that the Bills had this season, and you hit a stretch of um, inconsistency, and then the losses start to pile up here. And early on, being down to a Bad's Browns team, I, I understand the overreaction to every little itty bitty moment. Um, but I thought Davis dropped that ball; needed to have it. That's a need-to-have-it catch. But bounced back, and he finished the game, like I mentioned, five catches. He was targeted seven seven times. So he caught that one on the left sideline. He almost made that play. And he, and we, we, we talked about this for years. He has great footwork along the sideline. I think somebody argued that if you watch the replay closely, he did get his both feet in. I didn't see the replay close enough, uh, so I can't speak on that. But I thought Davis bounced back. And Knox is sneaky, starting to put things together a little bit. Like seven catches, seventy yards. He was an outlet for for um Allen today as he struggled.
1: Yeah, and there was one really good catch where he he caught the ball short of the markers and he lowered his shoulder and just kind of plowed ahead. Uh, I think it might've been the second first down of the game for Buffalo that they really struggled the first few series and not getting a first down. Yes. Uh, And that was one of his big plays, but he was Mr. Reliable hauling in all seven of his targets. And and, you know, Gabe Davis, there was definitely frustration on that first drop. There was a lot of nervousness on that second onside kick where he let it go off his hands and Harrison junior had it for a split second. And You sat there thinking, Oh man, Uh, That would have really brought out some backlash on social media. So obviously got knocked out of bounds. No, no harm, no foul there. But he keeps having those lapses, those moments where he's not putting it together. And that's what's frustrating this fan base because they thought going into the season that they had a surefire number two receiver. And there have been games where uh, Davis has looked that part, but there's also been a lot of inconsistencies there. So now as you're sitting here, seven and three, really good record. Uh, you wonder though do they have enough firepower on offense and Odell Beckham Jr. Is starting to make some visits uh, maybe the Bills have to be more serious about that if they do have any, any reservations about this passing attack they're small in numbers at receiver right now due to injuries just in general so it's going to be interesting to watch uh, in terms of what the Bills do I don't think it necessarily means that they don't have faith in Davis if they go out and sign a player like Odell Beckham Jr. but Uh, I I also think that it's it would speak a little bit to the fact that maybe they thought, hey, we don't have enough firepower necessarily that we thought we did at the start of the year.
0: If you want some extra firepower around Christmas season, uh, it's really simple. Uh, Tis the season to save on groceries and all of your holiday gifts and Christmas bonus is underway at Tops Friendly Market. Shop at Tops and save $10 at all of your other favorite stores and restaurants. With over 25 gift cards to choose from, there's something for everyone on your list. And don't forget to treat yourself to some extra savings too. Save on great gifts like toys and games from GameStop or Toys R Us at Macy's, great family dining at Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings, that new big screen TV you want from Best Buy, and so much more just by shopping at Tops. For a complete list of available gift card savings, Visit topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Two things, real quick, before we move to the defense. There's a lot to get into this defensive performance. Probably should have led with them in terms of it being the headline of our our, our <laughs> podcast here. Uh, Apologize for that, but I want to. I, I thought starting with the with the offense was a good idea that you had before we before we started, just because of the angst that we felt in the fan base early on in this game as they were struggling. And the thing with Odell Beckham Jr. that's interesting is that. The scenario seems to be that he wants a multi-year deal. I don't know how that can possibly work with what the Bills are trying to do. Not that they wouldn't want Odell Beckham Jr. in the mix for the next couple of years, but there's a real scenario. I know that he's been up and down this year that you want to extend Gabe Davis. And I don't know if you could pay all three of those receivers top market money. Uh, And I don't know what Gabriel Davis is going to command. It might be under, well under the Mike Williams deal that we were talking about as we started to look forward a little bit but I think Odell Beckham Jr. at this point the Giants and the 49ers to me screams the fact that he wants some security coming off of that second uh injury which is understandable on the Bills offense though I thought we saw something interesting in the fourth quarter today when finally what Brandon Bean talked about when they traded for Naheem Hines occurred with Heinz and Cook on the field at the same time. And it didn't necessarily yield any big plays. They were running the ball pretty consistently at that point. But I think as as Hines gets more and more comfortable in this offense and, and with the playbook and everything that they're going to ask him to do, you can really start doing some different things with both of those players in the field at the same time.
1: Yeah, I agree completely. And, you know, after the Bills game today, I sat and I watched the uh, Dallas Cowboys put a thumping on the Minnesota Vikings and one player that really stood out to me, Matt, was Tony Pollard. and And Naheem Hines' skill set reminds me a little bit of what Pollard uh, of what he can do and how they use Pollard in the passing game in Dallas. Get him along the sidelines in those one on one matchups. Let him use his speed. and uh, And obviously Pollard's been in Dallas for many years now. Hines has only been here in Buffalo for a few weeks, but I would like to think that they're going to utilize him in the backfield in those two running back sets, but also utilize him more as a downfield threat. Let him use that speed. Uh, they, they tried to get in the ball a few times in the passing game. They gave him that one run play in an odd situation, and yes, he did have the ear hole of it, his of his helmet grabbed and that could have drawn a flag, but it went for a big loss instead. So th- they're still kind of working it out, but uh, I do have to give Hines a big time shout out. He was outstanding today as a kick returner, punt returner mm. for this team, uh, putting up big yards. I want to say like 74 yards on kick returns, 30 something on punt returns, a- and really helped flip the field in a few instances for Buffalo.
0: The defensive effort today. And listen, the one thing that the Browns do really well, is they script their first 15 plays as good as anybody yeah. in the league. This today was the sixth game of their 10 that they played where they've scored a touchdown in their opening drive. So they're really good at the start. And because they have such a good offensive line when they're fresh, when they come in and ready to go, they they kind of just out physical teams and run them over. And that's what they did today. And I thought what the way that the bills responded and the effort today against, against Nick Chubb, this is A pivotal moment, I think, for this Bills defense. This was, you know, three straight weeks where teams, the Vikings, the Packers, and the Lions, or the um, Jets, combined to average 176 yards on the ground the last three games. The Bills held Nick Chubb, the number one running back in the NFL, yards per carry and touchdowns, to 14 carries for 19 yards. That's 1.4 yards per rush. Ryan, Nick Chubb has started... Uh, I think it's like eighty something odd games in this in this league. He's never in a game that he started averaged less than two yards per carry in a game until today. That one point four for this Bills defense, and there were splash performances at all three levels. The Bills really benefited from the return of Jordan Poyer, uh, mm-hmm. especially in coverage. Matt Milano was an absolute firecracker: ten or twelve tackles, a sack three tackles for a loss. And then Ed Oliver at the point of attack, three tackles for a loss. He was an absolute absolute beast. I wrote about Milano Shaq Lawson. I'll talk about him in a minute. And Matt Milano today in the post game story, it was a really just a picture perfect performance from this run defense.
1: Yeah. And I have to eat a little bit of crow here, Matt on our previous show. I said, limit Nick Chubb. I said, you're not going to stop him, but limit, they stopped him. They shut him down. It was an impressive performance. And, he had one carry that went for twelve yards, so that tells you that his other carries went for a total of seven yards on the day. About uh, so they really did stop him. A lot of tackles for loss, a lot of short game uh, gains. And you mentioned the big three on defense: Poyer, Milano, Ed Oliver. But then other guys stepped up too. You had Tim Settle make a big play in the run game. Uh, you saw Jordan Phillips make some plays here and there. Tyrell Dodson timed a blitz perfectly to force some plays and he had a nice tackle shortly. I think it was a one yard gain for Chubb. So he stepped up at times. The bills were getting help across the board in all three phases. And yeah, there's some concerns for the pass defense, which we can talk about later, but in terms of the run defense, they were fantastic today, Matt,
0: the Shaq Lawson, dynamic in this defense. So interesting to me. And it's one of the reasons why at the end of last season, when it, the, the jets released him and he ended up being just a, a free agent to end the year and entered free agency and ended up signing well into free agency with the bills after Jordan Phillips signed. It was something that I think kind of just stuck with me. What, what he could be for a lot of these young defensive ends and defensive tackles in, in this scheme on that defensive line. And today, talking to Ed Oliver, I mean, he lit up, Ryan, when I asked him about Shaq Lawson. And he said, it's just like the feeling that you get when there's a guy, a veteran guy that you know can make plays who says, I got your back. No matter what happens, I'm going to come out there. I'm going to be on the edge. I'm going to make sure that I do my job that allows you to do your job, whether that means stopping the run, rushing the passer, you know. The juice is one thing, the energy, the funness, right? But you got you to gotta add plays to that. It can't just be, you know, the fun-loving, like, jokester kind of guy. It's got to be a level of play, and I think Shaq Lawson is bringing that with an underperforming A.J. Epinesa. Boogie Basham's still not able to get the kind of snaps that they need. Greg Rousseau out today. Lawson had a really, really big performance. That play on fourth down with the Jacoby Brissett second sneak. He was the first one in on that play, and those are the kind of plays that I think are, are difference-making plays as you kind of get down the stretch and play some good teams.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the Bills may not have had enough practice this week due to illness and due to the, the weather, but they were prepared, Matt, and Matt Milano talked after the game about the fact that in those situations, it's like 88% of the time they convert on quarterback sneaks with Percet, so they were ready and check. Lawson, you mentioned on that fourth down play, came in. Lawson has been a steady player. Uh, performer for this team all season long when he's had his number called and been in there. And, you know, right now they really do need him quite a bit because you said it. You still have Greg Rousseau dealing with that high ankle sprain out. Uh, he was inactive for this game. You had AJ Panessa, who was downgraded to out due to an injury in this game. And he's been inconsistent when he's been healthy. Boogie Basham, you know, the, the snaps have been up and down. Then Von Miller, uh, he really did come on late in the game, had a few really good pressures, just couldn't convert him into sacks. But the, the Bills need that other presence at the defensive end. And right now, Shaq Lawson has been bringing that uh, from a run defense standpoint, from a pass rush standpoint. He's been doing a little bit of everything for this team. And, and that's going to go back. You're going to look at that signing as being one of those under-the-radar quality signings that this team really needed this year.
0: I want to set up the, the stretch. We can talk a little bit more about this defense. I want to talk about the secondary too. But I want to set up the stretch here because the Bills, um, if you look at their schedule... At the Detroit Lions, then it is Patriots, Jets, Dolphins, Bears, Bengals, Patriots, right? So the so the gauntlet of the AFC East begins on this December 1st and before Christmas. You know, the AFC East is probably going to be figured out. And what's good if you're a Bills fan right now is how this is all aligning. If you can get Tremaine Edmonds back on Thursday, we'll see how – if he's able to practice at all this week, obviously you <laughs> – I know people were joking about it on social media, the Tremaine Edmonds apology form. It might be kind of starting to circulate after watching Tyrell Dotson struggle a little bit today in coverage. Although Matt Milano was really complimentary of Tyrell Dotson. And I thought uh, that he made a couple plays in this game, but still, you know, there's a drop off there from Edmonds, obviously. Absolutely. You got, you got Poyer back. I think we've now landed on Elam maybe being the best option opposite Tredavious White when he gets back. Um, Maybe they do some type of rotation with Elam, but either way, you could be adding potentially for that stretch, Tremaine Edmonds back in, Greg Rousseau healthy with the ankle back in, Jordan Poyer back in, Tredavious White, and then obviously Kyrie Elam. This could be potentially a completely different defense, and I thought they played a really good game today. Obviously, some of that second half scoring was you know, the game was kind of out of out of uh out of reach for the Browns at that point. But you know, that that's a really exciting thing if you're a Bills fan to think about what this defense could be.
1: Oh, absolutely, Matt. And, and when it comes to Trey White specifically, I think that would really help shore up the pass defense, which had its issues today. And You know, I'm not trying to take anything away from Dane Jackson or Christian Benford. There were some snaps where they had excellent coverage and Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper and company just hauled in in the passes. But the one thing that they don't do consistently is turn their head, try to look for that ball, make that play at the right time. They're kind of watching the receiver to try to figure out when to get my hand up, when to try to knock the ball away. And that doesn't work a lot. One, it can draw flags and penalties in two you're giving that the wide receiver a chance to make a play on the ball where you're not really giving yourself a great shot. So you bring in someone like Trey white, if he's back to anywhere close to hundred percent, he knows how to play that football. Well, he knows how to even take away an entire side of the field. Jordan Poyer bills are now six and O with Jordan Poyer on the field. And I want to say it was maybe the first series of the game that I sat there. and I said, well, this is what he brings. It was a pass down the sidelines and he came in and he laid a hit. I believe it was on David and and broke a pass mm-hmm. up. That uh, you know, no knock on, on the young safeties that we haven't been seeing from them though. When Poyer's been out, so Poyer quickly established himself, made some really big plays for the defense throughout the game. So that's a huge uh, you know get for them. I thought Elam's been playing really good ball for them uh, w- when he was healthy. He's been out a few weeks now, and, and you know y- you can even talk about maybe getting Xavier Rhodes. Uh, more opportunities, too, in terms of if, if there's another injury, signing him to the main roster. I know you can only elevate a player so many times from the practice squad, and this is back to back weeks, but he had a few nice snaps uh, in coverage on Amari Cooper. Uh, he's someone that's played really well in the zone defense in his career in Minnesota and then with the Colts for that first season, especially when he was healthy. So they have some bodies, they have some guys that could really transform this defense. And if the run defense holds up like it has and like it played early this year against the Rams, against the Titans when they shut down Derrick Henry, and you can get some help on that back end, yeah, you're you're talking about a completely different defense that will make life way easier for Josh Allen in this offense.
0: You wonder how much last week's game against Justin Jefferson maybe might be playing into the confidence level of Dane Jackson and Christian Benford, because I thought both of those guys that I thought to your point, Xavier Rhodes kind of righted the ship a little bit when he got into the game today and showed some of that veteran uh, ability, you know, Benford, somebody that I was really complimentary of last week. I, th- I thought he really had his challenges in this game in coverage as did Dane Jackson. And this isn't a passing attack that really, strikes fear into your heart. But the thing about that that's interesting, side note, Bob Miller talked about it in the post-game press conference. He does a really good job of knowing how to maneuver in the pocket and not get sacked. Like, you know, there was, I think Ed Oliver had two or three where he was just this close to getting him. And he's just very savvy in the pocket. I think maybe that's all the time he spent around Tom Brady, all those years. And I think sometimes as quarterbacks, you kind of learn, from those kind of guys, he's really slippery in the pocket, and kind of, you know, if your footwork is good, you can you could really buy yourself some time. And I think Brissette did that today, and that probably that lack of pressure on Brissette showed up in the secondary. And to your point, getting Tre'Davious White back in the mix, and we talked a lot about it on the Friday show, and I, I've definitely been of the mind like, don't rush him back, like let him get to that to that point. But I do agree. I will concede. At the same time, we're getting to that point now where. You know, we've, we're going to it's going to be the one year anniversary on Thursday. Yeah. You know, maybe that's the perfect time, even on this this field here in Detroit with the, you know, the issues with the turf where you bring back Tredavious White to provide a big lift because Jordan Poyer provided a massive lift for them. You know, Matt Milano's playing some of the best uh, football in the NFL right now at any position. And you know, they got some really good performance on the interior of the defensive line. So they're playing, you know, good ball. DeAndre Swift's kind of struggling right now for the for the Lions. Although that passing attack, it looked like got on, uh, got going a little bit today. That's going to be a fun game on Thursday in a short week.
1: Yeah, and Jamal Williams is a pretty good running back on that team. And you have a uh, three-game winning streak for the Lions going into this matchup. So, that, you know, they're playing confident right now. They're playing... They're they're They know that in the NFL, you know, you know, it's in any given week league and the way they played the last three weeks, they're kind of turning a corner under Dan Campbell. And it's still going to be a struggle this year. They're not going to contend for a playoff spot, but these young teams can get really dangerous, Matt, when they learn to win those tough games. And, you know, we we saw that at different times in this tenure, a few years ago under Josh Allen and company, and if they can keep figuring it out, they're going to give the bills a, a handful on Thursday. It's not going to be a, same old lions type of team. The bills can just come in here and and kind of stomp down. They're going to have to play well on both sides of the ball. So it's going to be a much more interesting matchup than I think some anticipated uh, a few weeks ago.
0: Don't wait, Ryan. If you like, first of all, you don't have to wait. You, you can wait because you're going to Detroit rock city on Thursday to cover a football game. But if you're at home, don't you dare wait to stock up on all the goods for Thanksgiving during the week, game day, whatever you want to do, hit the tops, carry out cash, Cafe and get yourself set up. Hot to go fresh and large cheese and pepperoni pizzas, $14. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, $14. The Tops Legendary Breakfast Pizza, Large is 20 bucks Pizza or Taco Log six count, 769 Baby back rib sections, 5 99 a pound, sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarketscom slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. All right, we're going to send you out of here tonight with the value home centers toolsy player of the game ryan talbot start us off
1: well actually i was going to say i'm going to start off with aj our producer he he says in the chat he's giving it to matt milano i think that's a a great selection um had the lone sack for this bills team on a perfectly timed blitz where they sent uh taryn johnson on one side and matt milano on the other I'll, i'll let aj maybe talk more about that pick right here but outstanding selection so I wanted to let you go first
0: yeah I just think uh you know Matt Matt Milano was flying around today he made a lot of big plays actually almost came up with another interception I don't know if you guys rem- remember what I'm talking about but he kind of got crunched yeah and almost came up with the interception he was all over the place so I would definitely give the game ball to Matt Milano someone who's when we're on the when he's on the field this, te- this defense is just different
1: Yeah. Great choice. So, you know, I'll I'll go with the special teams unit and I'm going to go with Tyler Bass. Uh, when the bills drive stalled, they called on Tyler Bass throughout the game and he was as accurate as can be that 56 yard kick would have been good from 60 plus, uh, you know, no dome in Buffalo's future, but you, you got to see what he can do when there's no weather conditions to worry about and he can utilize that big leg. So, Uh, I'll give my toolsy player of the game to Tyler Bass scored the most points for this team and really helped them kind of uh, put it away. Matt, what about you?
0: Well, first off, text value VALU to 80692 to join values text program to start saving even more and you'll receive exclusive coupons and see their weekly deals and so much more. My toolsy player of the game, I'm going to go with, this is a tough one. There's a lot of, players on defense that I could have went with, but I'm going to give a little love to James cook, 11 carries, 86 yards, 7.8 yards per carry. The rookie out rushes Nick Chubb and Kareem hunt combined, who went for 51 yards on 19 carries. James cook went for 86 on 11. Got to give him the toolsy player of the game for his efforts today. All right. Do not miss anything next week. Stay tuned for our schedule. I'll be trying to post the lives uh, as soon as we know when we will be live. Ryan, we got to get offline and we got to talk about when we're going to actually go live this week with all of our shows. Because on Wednesday, we are driving back to Detroit to cover the Thanksgiving Day between the Lions and the Bills. Thank you so much for your uh, continued support of the show. Like and subscribe before you go. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. Talk to you next week.
1: A Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.